Facing a crisis in your life or business? Take the helm and steer yourself in the right direction. It's time to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Good day, everyone. I'm Lynn McLaughlin, and welcome to another episode of Taking the Helm. We're celebrating our one-year anniversary this month. And if you're listening on audio, you prefer to watch on video, Taking the Helm is one of the few podcasts that also publishes on video on my YouTube channel. Search Lynn McLaughlin, Taking the Helm, and we'll see you every Wednesday. I hope you like and subscribe. Well, let's welcome Candace Allen today. And I first had the pleasure of hearing Candace speak as a keynote speaker uh, back in September of 2019, I think, at a women's event in Windsor. And I will say, oh, I was taken aback, Candace, when um, I heard you speak of your history, the trauma that you've endured, but also how you found a way through it um, and built resilience. So, so we're going to talk a lot about that today. But now where you are and what you are doing as a result of all of your experiences. Hi, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, let's start with this. I heard you say, and I, I believe in, in our discussions leading up to this, see your shadow side. So how did that come to be? Why is that an expression that you're using today? Yeah, so um, it's been years of self-discovery. Um, and one thing that I noticed is through my um, healing journey that I, my vision of myself, um, I think I really saw my victim self. And, you know, that I felt compassion for the journey that I've gone through, um, but the, without seeing the part that cast a shadow. So I'm always trying to portray the best, most positive side of myself. I'm the good girl. I'm the do-gooder. I try so hard, but I had to look at my anger um, and my um, regret, not so much regret, but guilt, definitely guilt as a mother, um, but anger was the number one thing. And I wasn't very comfortable with the negative or shadow side of myself, because I realized that I never got to really show that. I never got to be angry. I would just tuck it all in and it needed to come out. So I'm really encouraging people, women, to embrace the shadow side. Um, I was gonna talk about um, an event that we did called Pandora's Box, and that was part of it, was discovering what you've kind of stored in this internal box, this metaphorical box that resides inside, that you just keep stuffing full of stuff and you don't want to open it just like Pandora from the Greek myth because chaos comes out. Mm -hmm. And it's all those things that you're afraid to see that make you not look so good. You know, when you snot cry or you get angry or it's all that stuff and that's our shadow side. And I think that what we need to do is view that with compassion because it's a part of who we are. So that's something that I've done more recently is embracing my shadow side and not keep trying to tuck it down and to embrace it so I continue to walk forward in healing. Now, when you pulled things out of Pandora's box, could you share one of the things that was most difficult for you to face on that shadow side? Oh yeah. Oh. It was very interesting when we were putting together this journey for the people that we were, we were sharing it with. Um, I remember we were talking through, we have meditations for each part of the journey. It's a five um, part process. And um, it was the, the uncomfortable part was opening that box and what might come out I just saw myself being very vulnerable and 
certain people in my life that um, I've had a lot of, um, I always actually, I feel like I'm tiptoeing right now. This is what happens. I feel mm -hmm. like I have to tiptoe because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm never going to name anybody here, um, but it's always feeling, and this is how I grew up, was about, you know, looking at my role in it and, you know, being gentle with the people that were involved instead of being like, my truth is pain and, and anger and hurt. And I don't want to hold on to those things, but I see I'm still doing it because that's my shadow part. So when I opened my Pandora's box, my personal box, um, it's like in the meditation, all this stuff just shoots out because it's been stuck in there and it goes to the corners of the room. And it's, you know, I saw darkness, I saw cobwebs and hurt and different parts of my inner child. And it was cringy. I, I cringe just when you asked me that because, um, it's difficult to see. It's the harsh words. Um, it's neglect. It's me trying to be seen. And that is what's, it's, it's, um, oh my goodness. It's weird just talking about it because when we open up our hearts and we see ourselves, you see all those, I say broken pieces and it's okay to be broken um, because we put ourselves back together, right? We keep going forward. Um, and I just, that's what was most uncomfortable was just seeing that vulnerable part of me, that part that just wanted to be loved. And I went through my life just looking to be loved. Um, very challenging. Candace, what you're sharing, I can't imagine the emotions, um, the exhaustion physically, emotionally, when even if just one thing comes out of that Pandora's box. And you spoke in Windsor uh, a year and a half ago about a car accident. And you were very, very young at that time. And you lost people who were so valued and cherished in your life. Yes. You know, when I think about my life journey, um, it's shocking that I lived it. And I'm sure that majority of people go through that. It's like, I, I don't know about you, Lynn, but you can tell your story, your, your traumas, and it's, it becomes like a story and you're not almost, you're not even really emotionally attached anymore. You can tell it like it's a story. Maybe it happened to someone else. But when I actually think about just talking about that opening Pandora's box and um, the feeling, it, it was a very different experience, something that I didn't really do. When we share our story from an outside perspective, almost like we're just, you know, I don't want you to get attached to it. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. But when I really look at it, there's lots of different points. So before the accident, I was the firstborn um, in, on both sides of my family. It was just me. Boom, there's Candace. Mm -hmm. And uh, 1975 to a young couple who had a lot of dysfunction. My father was an alcoholic. He had grown up with his own trauma, part of the way that I've learned to move forward is one of the things is through forgiveness. And just really quickly, I was able to see my father outside of the role of father. And this was huge for me um, because he played a, such a um, dysfunctional role in my life for so long. Thankfully, my parents had separated when I was eight. But when I was able to separate him as a father and who he was as a man, how did he get to be his his abusive, angry, alcoholic self, while well, his story is quite traumatic. And so I was able to see it differently. But anyways, as I was growing up, he was physically violent to my mother. My mother, I, you know, I said they separated, thank God. Um, and, we, you know, I grew up kind of poor as a single parent. My father didn't provide child support, um, but my mom did her best. But we were latchkey kids. I took care of my little brother. I also had a sister two years younger than me, um, who has something called Angelman syndrome, which is a, um, a very interesting um, disability. So she's nonverbal and 
and lives in a, in a home group home right now. So anyways, all these things. And then my mom dies um, when I was 14 and it was January 1st, 1990. So it's been 31 years now. It's quite crazy. Um, and I was the only survivor. So um, if my Oma had not come that Christmas, then I would have been the one to, to die because uh, she took my spot in the front seat and she was hit the hardest. So, um, but my mom, my little brother and my Oma were all killed and I was the only survivor and it just really changed. So I was thinking when I was thinking about our conversation, all the different pivotal points in my life. So that was huge, a pivot, it changed everything. Um, I lived with my mom's brother and um, his wife for a time <clears throat> and then I got kicked out. That is a sore point with certain family members, but that's what happened. I was asked to leave. I was told to leave, not asked to leave. Um, and then I moved to um, another city. I went to four high schools in my five years of high school, um, ended up living with my dad's sister for a while. Then I came to Windsor to go to university just to get away and start my life. So another pivotal time. Um, and it just, uh, I don't know if it's the fact that I'm a Capricorn firstborn, what it is, or just being guided, but I always kept going to a fault. So the next pivotal time came in 2013 when I just hit my rock bottom. And um, that's what created the business is after, not in 2013, but in 2015, when I kind of looked back and went, how did I get from being practically suicidal to being pretty fabulous? And um, it just created these principles that I still currently live my life by. And it changed everything. I felt like I was reborn. Um, and just, I don't know, I can never go back to the person that I was. I keep moving forward and those parts of me keep popping up to be healed and, and um, revisited. Of course, I don't think that ever goes away. It's a lifelong process, but it's just amazing. So that's a, that's my traumatic life in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, wow. My goodness. And, and there's more, I know there's more, I mean, but I think what you're saying is all of those things that happened to you. I mean, talk about the trauma alone of being in a car accident <laughs> and losing the other three people in your life that were in the car, not to mention being bopped around, moving here, not having consistency in secondary school and on and on and on. And I think what you're saying is you carried on, you carried on, you bottled it up, you bottled it up, you bottled it up. And so mm -hmm. in 2013, when you hit rock bottom, is that where you started to realize I need to, I need to, I need to deal with all of what's inside of me? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I, I, um, I use this analogy of, you know, so I'm, like I said, I'm a Capricorn, the mountain goat and the precarious journey upward, you get to the top of the mountain. And then what do you do? Do you come back down? Um, you know, you're at the top. And I just said, I felt like I was at this tippy, tippy top, this little point, and there was no way to come down. And I had no, you know, nothing to assist me. And I started to fall and everywhere I reached out, um, whether through therapy my husband at the time, family members, um, and I didn't reach out, excuse me, as I, excuse me, throat chakra, I don't know, as I would today, I didn't have the group of support around me, because I didn't let people in, mm -hmm. um, even though I was quite a talker, and I would share, I talked about sharing the story, and I'd be vulnerable, but actually letting people in to really assist me, I didn't do that, and I think a lot of people don't want to ask for help, they don't want to be a burden, they don't want people feeling sorry for them, and they don't want to appear weak, so in 2013, when I was falling off that, you know, precarious mountain, reaching out, um, I had nobody. And that was actually exactly what I needed. And I'm talking, I, had, I went to, I had a psychiatrist 
And I didn't want to take the drugs that I'd been prescribed this anti-anxiety medication. Mm. And she listened to me for the hour, whatever we were in there. And then she's like, I think our time together is done. And I was like, what? And she just let me go. And family members that I had been my people, when I reached out to them, they weren't the people that were then there for me. I remember I took one day off work. I was actually in my job and uh, I was talking to this other teacher. She had been collaborating with me and she asked me a question during our lunch. She had lunch with me and I started to bawl my head off. I was like, oh my God. And I, then the bell rings. I said, I cannot go to class. She's like, don't worry, I got you covered. She was, um, I forget what her role was um, at the time, but she had the ability to do that. And I had to go down and talk to the principal. Mm -mm -mm. Oh my goodness, Lynn. Like I was the first time I shared anything and it just came out. She told me to go home. She took me off for the day. I took one day off the next day. I called mental health Canada. I don't know what it was called. And they encouraged me to go to the hospital because there was a concern of suicide, even though that wasn't anything I was going to do. But that's how bad it was. And you're right. I figured out that I had to, um, actually, I don't think I, I don't think I understood what I had to do. It was just the process over the next year and a half. Um, but being by myself and having no one is what was the catalyst I needed to heal myself. I really did. It, it really, my businesses, it all comes back to you. I had to heal myself that no matter what medication I was prescribed, no matter who I vented to or talked to or let in, that in the end, the only one who could really help me was me. And I, it had to be that brutal. Oh, your analogy of the, of the, oh my gosh, on top and, and. Oh, and I just see myself falling backward and reaching out and, and no one is helping me. And it was, it was such a dark time, Lynn. Like, and I would say that that was worse than my mother dying. Like I, I look back at my journals. I've got journals from when I was 12 years old. I guess that's when I started. And mm-hmm. after the accident, I didn't, I was just so grateful to my family for taking me in. And I, I was just so stoic. I'm like, what the hell? Like it was brutal. I was in the mm-hmm. hospital for a month and a half in, in a traction um, because I shattered my femur. Um, so lucky to be alive. So talk about a near death experience. Like if I had the first person on the scene was we were near a person's home and he came running out and, um, was, and I was conscious the entire time, although um, the shock has totally taken that from my memory. I, I forget what that's called, whatever kind of amnesia that is. Um, and uh, anyways, he could have killed me because he was trying to get me out and he could have caused my femoral artery to be nicked. Right. Um, the next person on the scene was a doctor, Dr. Uh-huh. Allen. It's interesting. That's my last name now. Yes. Was on a ski, going on a ski trip with his family. Mm. And so, um, anyways, it's just really crazy. I just think that, um, I, I think that the universe has a way of whispering in your ear, tapping you on the shoulder, slapping you across the face and then hitting you with a Mack truck. And I don't know what was supposed to um, happen in my life, but obviously that was just pivotal. And then 2013 was the next major pivot. Um, and I came out a different person. Do you have a story to tell? Shareyourstories.online. It's free to participate. Do you want to increase your visibility, encourage collaboration, connect with your community? Trish Tonai has created Shareyourstories.online, where entrepreneurial stories are shared to inspire great ideas and build a community of learners. Shareyourstories.online features international stories from entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who share a passion for their business. Check it out. You will connect with one or many people that have already gone online. 
and join Trish Tonai and her platform as part of this community in support of the entrepreneurial spirit, mentorship, and breaking barriers to success. Go to shareyourstories.online. And now let's return to our interview with Candace. So did you go to emergency? Did you follow the advice that day? I did not. I did not. I stayed home and I just um, started. I don't even know. I, I remember just sitting in my living room by myself crying. I cried a lot. I think I let go of stuff. I just cried. And um, <clears throat> I felt like, so, I was going to say hundred percent. No, I did not feel hundred percent better. I felt so much better that I went back to work the next day. Um, oh gosh. And kept I going. mean, being able to find the stuff that's in there is so hard for some people. I mean, you're, you, like you say, you told a story, you were aware there's, there's trauma that people have buried go back to the memory thing, the, am, the amnesia, whatever we do, whatever we do to try to cope with these experiences. And for some people, even realizing what that traumatic experience, um, just digging to find that is challenging in itself. You know, it's really interesting. I think so through the work that I've done with um, mostly women um, in the workshops and programs that I provide is um, the most difficult thing is seeing yourself with compassion. Mm. Um, and, uh, and that's where compassionate courage came from um, because, and, and I, I really hate it when people are like, wow, wow, what a story. Um, because yeah, that's my story. I, but it's just, or you're so strong or I couldn't imagine doing that. I can't imagine if my, like, but it's just, people have gone through so many things and it doesn't end or we diminish our own trauma. Well, my parents just got divorced. And so I don't know why I'm so sad. The thing is, is that, the things that we carry with us, sometimes we don't even know how far back it goes, right? right? Like I did an inner child thing and my, like a meditation and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm eight. Nope. Further back, further back. And it's so my, my, my conscious brain's going, well, where am I going to? And then to the age of two. And I thought, well, what happened when I was two? I remember being two. And in my mind, it was, my sister was born. And all I could see Lynn is this little me wanting to be picked up but my parents, and this is just in my brain, who knows what actually happened? I don't know. Mm. But all I saw was me wanting to be held. And that is what I think is the biggest pain point for me. I'm so vulnerable. Like I'm sharing, I don't know who's going to hear this. I don't even care. The hard part is seeing yourself and that you have to acknowledge the, the courage it took to live the life journey that you've already been on. And that when we think we can't handle something, I mean, look what you've already been through, whether it's your parents got divorced or your, your, you got divorced or you're, you're dealing with your child's disability or whatever, or you went through some extreme trauma like me. It doesn't really matter what your trauma is. It's how you perceive your life and how you perceive yourself. And so if you can do that, if you can look at the courage, if you can look at yourself as being a courageous person showing up every day, you know, I'm a mother. I had to show up for my kids. I had to show up for my students and my job. Now, Candace, you are an expert in compassionate courage. And because of everything that you've experienced and the resilience that you've built, and you've been able to dig in deep and having experiences like that puts you in a position where as a coach, right, you've lived it, you understand it, you get it. So what has this led you to today? I think it's, um, I always say I'm like the mirror you know, that we need to look into the mirror to see the good when we don't see any positive and also the mirror to show you that shadow side, you know, I, I'll call you out and with, with, um, with compassion, I, compassion is the number one thing. That's why I call myself a compassionate courage coach. 
Um, and so that's what I was doing for a long time is um, through my coaching, just showing up for a person to allow them to have a safe space to be who they are. Um, and to basically give them acknowledgement and validation mm -hmm. and to give them some tools to move forward. Um, I always say, I'll get you on track so you never go back. Um, and it takes that time and commitment to keep showing up for yourself every day, every day, and to love the person that you are. And that's why I say the saying all the time, I love the me that, um, I love the me that dot, dot, dot. Um, I think the, the number one thing that got me through was to really um, see myself and love who I was in this moment, knowing that I was growing and healing every day. And that's what I want to impart to the people that I work with. Now you've hooked up with a, with a counterpart and yes. you've launched a business called Chaos to Calm. Yes, that's so exciting. Um, it happened very randomly um, just last August, I believe. And um, we were in a coaching mentoring program together and we were accountability partners. And the next thing you know, we came up with this chaos to calm idea and um, incorporating the ideas that I had with the ideas that she had. And we created these amazing programs for women, Pandora's Box being the very first one that we did um, in a partnership. Um, because we have this, uh, the symbol is the infinity sign that we, life is about chaos and calm. And you can't always be in a state of calm, just like you're not always gonna be in a state of chaos. It's just going with the flow and embracing where you're at right now. So um, we've done a lot of different things together. Like I said, we have different programs which are available for download. Um, we offer workshops to the public. Um, and this week we're launching our podcast, Chaos to Calm. And uh, we have candid conversations with Candace and Siobhan. And we just started interviewing guests. And it's about creating connection. Because like I said about me being the mirror, what we realized, so Siobhan's 34 years old, single, a world traveler. And here I am, 46 years old, mother to three, single, um, with a mortgage and a career. And so it seems like we come from very different lives and yet we found this similarity and alignment, which has make, made us perfect business partners. And that's what we want people to see is that no matter our differences, there's a connection that we can have. Um, and we're seeing that through the people that we're talking to. So um, it's really exciting. I can't wait to see um, what's coming next. I'm, I'm excited to share. So here's an example, you know, connectivity, collaboration without competition. So yes. I hope people are going to jump in and find Candace and watch your podcast and connect, right? That's what it's all about. And if you connect to this podcast or that podcast or something else, at least you're finding something that's meaningful to you. So I look forward. I think I've, I've watched one episode. Yes, well, we have it on YouTube right now, but we actually have our podcast channel now. So, um, and this week we're, we're debuting with a great author and um, we'll have some of our other sessions on there as well, our different episodes, but it's just really cool. Um, actually, um, tonight we're starting to do Monday uh, motivation where I'm going to do a card poll um, and it'll be a private thing where we'll have a discussion about what comes up and have an opportunity to reflect on that as well with a journal prompt. And we're starting a private Facebook group um, through our Chaos to Calm group where we're just gonna talk about healthy habits, mind, body, and soul. Um, just it's about alignment and connection and that everything is connected um, and it starts with ourselves. So that is our main focus about working with people who are feeling okay, but wanna feel great. Um, it's about people who are willing to dig in and to see themselves in the mirror, the goods and the, you know, the shadow part and embrace it all so that they can move forward 
um, with compassion and courage. I love everything that you shared. I love your analogies. The fact that you've been so vulnerable with us today. And I thank you, Candace. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think I said it all. We've got a great Facebook group, if you're willing to join, called Chaos to Calm with Candace and Siobhan. Our YouTube channel is out there, Chaos to Calm 2020. Um, the podcast comes out this week. So there's lots of great things. Um, if you just check me out, um, you know, just see if there's a right fit for you to work with me personally or be a part of our Chaos to Calm community. And what platform are you launching your podcast on, Candace? We're on Anchor. Aha! That's exactly the one I use as well. Yeah. So anybody who's interested in launching a podcast, yeah. It's, it's so easy to use. It's wonderful. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. So because you're launching on, on Anchor, people can find you because Anchor blasts it out for you. Everyone's yes. thinking about doing this. You can find Candice on, on Spotify, on Google, on Breaker, on all of the other podcast apps. And, and I, yeah. you're going to, I know you're going to affect many, many people as you already have, Candice. And I thank you very much for for, for speaking so candidly and opening, openly with us today. Thank you so much, Lynn, for having me once again. I appreciate it. And I hope you'll reach out to Candace, anyone who's interested or is just maybe wanting to watch and learn for a little while before you take that first step. And on that note, everyone, have a healthy and safe day. Thanks for listening. To learn more from people who are steering in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com and search the archives of every interview or subscribe to this podcast feed. A new episode is published every Wednesday.